1: hey everybody it's mailbag time get those mailbag questions in put a little mb in front of your question or the little emoji of the mailbox so we can see it very very easily first up leading off raymond with the super chat glad to see you're doing better brian hello tins go irish yeah absolutely you know, a super sticker from too. tim
2: opel one of my former players the no super kidding sticker. yeah thank i've you, heard tim. you bring up that name before yeah. actually thanks yeah, tim. tim's a good
1: dude is that your what, what logo is that? Was that uh, your uh, that college? was not from Notre? Oh, okay, That's
2: probably from okay. like local high school or something. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And, but, yeah. All right,
1: Rob, Ozgood. good. One of my X factors is the passing game among running backs with the talent of the wide receivers and the quarterback who isn't scared to throw it. I see huge gains against opposing linebackers. Notre Dame running backs' speed is. An X vector. This is a good
2: point, Brian. Real last part for sure. I mean, look, Vince. We've talked. How many times did you and I complain? Just throw it to the running back. Just throw it to check down. He's wide, wide open. open. You're yeah. going to get twenty yards <laughs> without yeah. being touched. I don't know if teams are going to still defend him that way this year. I right. don't know, but right. uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, they, and they look. They they've been they've been practicing throwing the ball to running backs. I'll just yeah. I'll say that without saying right. anything else. I feel good about it. They different have good ways giving them the football is, right. is what
2: what we're comfortable saying. Running
1: backs have good hands, and I hope that they use that to their advantage. Yeah.
2: Yep. It. Um, well, they'll use the other. You mean the staff? You hope the staff? The staff. The yes, yeah, okay, yes. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's I got you. what I'm referring to. Yep. Raymond,
1: uh, Ty- is Tyree as fast as Rocket?
2: No. Chris Tyree's really fast, but, and I don't—I mean, he's a four-three guy, legit four-three guy. Sure, Rocket was a legit four-two-ish guy. I mean, high four-two guy. So no, he's not as fast, and he didn't—he doesn't play as fast either. Not even just track-wise, but he didn't play as fast. Rocket played every bit as fast as the four-two. Um, yeah, here's an interesting take, Vince, from Bernie. Merriweather
1: looks like he would absolutely cook. Tyree in a race
2: that not even close. No, <laughs> I don't have a clue what you're talking about here. No, Uh, you say, look, you can say, hey, Chris, Tyree doesn't make people miss. He doesn't, he gets, but, to, but to, if you're, if you're going to say a race, I mean, you like guys ahead, remember, this is a dash. kid that has yes. two 90 plus yard touch. Like for all the crap, some fans give Chris Tyree. Can we not forget? He has, Four touchdowns of over 50 yards in his career. He's got two 90-plus-yard touchdowns in his career. Tobias Merriweather has one catch, and I'm as high on Tobias Merriweather as anybody. But there's a lot of things he does well. Outrun Chris Tyree? Ain't one of them. Nope. There's only one guy on this football team that could beat Chris Tyree in a race. One. Maybe. And that's Micah Bell. That's That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the list, and that's the end of the list, <laughs> right? If everybody's healthy, that's the only dude on the football team that can beat Chris Tyree in race. and it's not really that close. Like, nobody else really comes close to him. I mean, Chris Tyree at his speed, and a guy like Christian Gray who supposedly runs like a low 4-4, that's, a, that's several steps in a 40-yard dash, Vince. I mean, mm-hmm. with what Chris forty Tyree yard? Can I just tell people who haven't stepped foot
1: on a football field, and this isn't like putting anybody down, when you actually – walk a 40 yard dash or run it however it's a lot longer than you think and when you're talking about mid fours you know four seconds to get to cross that kind of terrain it is a long distance I'm just being honest with you at least it always feels that way to me when I walk out onto a football field you're like oh wow that's 40 yards like that's a lot that's a yeah. lot of ground to cover
2: yeah now about the only way that you're ever going to even come remotely think that he could beat uh, Tobias or Tobias could beat Chris Tyree in a race is if you wanted to go all the way up to 400. You no, know, like a that, lap. That's 400 it. By, 400 meters. That's it. Yeah. Like make it a longer race because sure. Tyree has a faster 40 time than or th- Tobias. He's got a faster 100 meter dash time than Tobias. Tobias's best fastest. 40 time is 10, nine. Chris's was a 10, six. And he did sure. that as a sophomore stopped running 100-meter dash after that. And he had, as I said before, he had two years in a row, Chris Tyree was the fastest uh, the fastest track guy in the nation in the 55-meter dash. Not fastest football player, fastest player in the nation for his grade in the 55-meter dash. His la- fastest 200-meter dash time was a 21.57. He did that as a sophomore. Tobias Merriweather, as a senior, set his best – uh 200 meter time which is 21.28 now where where tobias had the better time is the 400 he had a fifty two four five. chris tyree's best was 54 59 he, he only ran that like once but yes any kind of 100 200 meter or less or i'd say 100 meter or less he is not touching chris tyree and and you're and this is coming from the biggest tobias merriweather mm. hype guy in the in mm-hmm. the country right so no no that's not no Bernie is a very glasses-half-full person.
1: And I, give, I give Bernie Bernie's a lot of Bernie's a glass
2: is 99% full, and I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> but that was like, He's very that's, too old, very no, that's two Notre Dame guys. So I just I don't understand why you would even look at that and be like, <laughs> think that that's something to even discuss. Oh, That's so great, though.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: All right. uh, From Brandon, how would you feel about 25 safety hall of Jadon Blair, Ethan long and Ivan Taylor is that gap? Closing who could be the strong safety in that
2: group, or does it matter? Well, last part first, it doesn't really matter. Right. Notre Dame likes to have their safeties as interchangeable as possible. There, Now, to your point, however, there needs to be at least one safety that you think that can come down and defend the run. And I think Ethan Long is a very good tackler. I think, I think Jadon Blair will be a really good tackler when he learns to play a little bit better leverage. But I think Ethan Long is a very good tackler who could be an an alley guy, especially as he fills out. To your first part of your question, is that a gap-closing safety class? Heck, yes. I mean, you're talking about with with, with Jadon Blair and Ivan Taylor, you're talking about two guys that are ranked as as top 50 players in the country, I believe, by at least one service, both of them. I know that on three has Jadon Blair, I think, at number 26. I'm looking at that now. Yes, they have him at number 26. And, and that's just show, this is just shows how just crazy the rankings are right now, Vince and why it's getting so much harder to pay any attention to them. Hmm. Uh, they have him at number 26 in the country nationally, number two safety in the country. All the other services have, have him as a three-star. Of course. I have no clue what they're looking at. Ivan Taylor is ranked as a top 40 player by both ESPN and 247 Sports, and he's a consensus top four-star player. And then Ethan Long, to me, is also a four-star player and a top – probably about top 200 250 now because he, i but i think there's another jump in athleticism that's or uh, not athleticism because he's a pretty good athlete there's another jump in explosiveness that's going to come with ethan long and he he had a stat his high school claims that he didn't allow a, a single reception in 2010
1: Jeez.
2: now or i mean in two, excuse me in 2022 as a sophomore part of the reason is is because as a true freshman he had 11 breakups and eight interceptions so, yeah, I get why people stopped throwing at him in that league. <laughs> I get why people stop throwing at him. Right. He's a very good football player. That would be a that would be one of Nerdim's one of Nerdim's best safety classes since I've been following the team. That would be an outstanding safety class. A year after you added Bronte Johnson, yeah, that would completely restore the safety depth chart, in my opinion, Vince. Absolutely.
1: Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thank you so much, Tyler. In your opinion. What is the most intriguing quarterback battle this
2: year and who wins it? That's a good question. I mean, I'd probably Vince have to go with Bama. That's the most intriguing to me just yeah.
1: because of the situation, right? Yeah. From from the tom- from Tommy Reese to Tyler Buckner, the whole. like. Yeah. So personally, that's the most intriguing. I don't know if that's the most intriguing nationwide. Like Ohio State's
2: quarterback battle to me isn't intriguing because it's kind of like it doesn't matter who wins it. Whoever wins it's going to. Put up really good numbers. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the Ohio State offense, and they're both talented kids. Yeah, I don't love the talent in the Alabama quarterback room as much. I'm not as big on Ty Simpson as other people. Jalen Milrose, not a quarterback in a pro style system. Tyler Buckner's talented, but he's started three games in his career, you know, sure. and he's been injured a lot and. And he's making a, a a San Diego kid, San Diego private school kid that went to University of Notre Dame in South Bend is now in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I don't know how that's going to go. I hope it goes well. I hope Tyler does great this year. I love Tyler Buckner. Sure. I just don't have a lot of faith in right now that we just don't know who he is because he's missed so much development time and then getting used to new teammates. I hope he does well, but that's an intriguing one because who I just, I don't have a lot of faith that whoever wins that battle is going to just step in and produce. Right. Exactly. It's just, you know, cause you, you're learning. It's a new offense. We don't know what kind of offense Tom Reese is going to have at Bama. We have no idea what that offense is going to look like. It just, I don't, there's a lot of uncertainty about that, Vince. I, you know, a lot it of is. people talking about Bama's this and Bama's that, and Bama could be really, really good, but there, this is the most, this is the biggest question mark that I've had about Bama a long time. And it's a lot of it comes down to this right here. It's their quarterback position. Agreed. Agreed. And if it's bad enough, this could be the year that Bama finally falls back to earth. So those are the really the main ones for me. I I don't know that there's a lot of other quarterback battles to me that are super, super intriguing. I mean, we know who the quarterback is going to be at Georgia, right? We know who the quarterback is going to be at Clemson. It's not really a battle. You know, you look at a lot of the top teams, Vince. I I don't know of a lot of other battles that are really – I mean, Quinn Ewers has won that job already. Michigan doesn't have a quarterback battle. There's talk of a quarterback battle at Penn State. I don't buy it. I think that's just more about trying to take some of the pressure off of Drew Aller Hmm. is really all I see. There just aren't a lot of other quarterback battles that I really find overly intriguing.
1: Old Miss there's a quarterback battle but like yeah but I don't think that's okay. only intriguing. I mean like that's not they, intriguing. They got Jackson
2: it? Dart from last year, they brought in Spencer uh, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. I mean that that that'll be a battle but I don't find that overly. And I don't think Old Miss is going to be a title contender this year. I don't think there's a battle at Tennessee. There's not a battle at LSU. You know, maybe you could argue there should be just because of how well Nussmeier played, but I think Jaden Daniels played well enough last year to be the guy. So I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of other really intrig- – there's a lot of quarterback battles. There always are, but none that really intrigue me anywhere close to – it's Bama 1, Ohio State 2 are the two for me. Sure. And the only reason Ohio State 1 is, is intriguing is, does anybody win it? Or is it just like default? Yeah, that's yeah. the key. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. This isn't a negative comment. It's just – it's true that I, I – it's, it's what we claim of every position battle. Somebody's got to start. Is that guy starting because of the two guys that struggled, he was the, the one that struggled the least? Right or does this guy seize hold of it, and that's what Ohio State's are going to look for. We don't know what's going to be. They start camp today, right? So, exactly. like people keep asking, how's 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 you know Buckner looking in practice today? So I don't know. I'll let you know after the first practice, which is today. Like they just started right. camp today because the 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 mistake that I think people make is well Notre Dame started a week ago, but remember Notre Dame's first game is in week zero, so it's right. It's, There's only and I don't know why they call it that way. I mean it's stupid. It that's should be so week stupid. one is the first game. Week right. of games is dumb. But 100%. week one is technically, what is it like, September 2nd? It's the, it's,
1: it's considered Day weekend. Labor Day week weekend. It's right. Labor Day so weekend. it's the yeah.
2: previous weekend. They're in place August 26th. So it's technically right. called week zero. So they started a week earlier than everybody else. Most teams are pl- starting practice this week. Right. Is when most teams I, start. I think
1: that Ohio State, Bama, they, think they all start like today. So today,
2: yeah. Bama definitely starts today. I think Ohio
1: State starts today as well, I believe. Yeah. I think that's what Archer said the other day in the chat when yeah. they start Thursday. Because somebody, somebody was talking about somebody getting hurt at Ohio yeah, State practice. Yeah. He's like, they haven't even practiced
2: yet. Well, I mean, that could have been a workout. Sure, you know, it, it could up, have been. The guy read the name wrong. It was somebody right. for the, uh, I think the Bengals that got hurt, whose first oh, name gotcha. was Travion and it, but different gotcha. last name, they, and that was the confusion. But yeah. ran with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But he owned it. He was like, "My bad, I read it wrong. It's all good." <laughs>
1: That's it's right. I remember that now. We, we already all got that together. One. Yeah. All right. Irish blooded. As a film and process buff, who is your
2: favorite Notre Dame player to just watch? Like currently? Oh, uh, let's go currently and in the past. Like currently, my favorite guy to watch right now. I, I'm Look, I'm a quarterback guy and all that, but my favorite guys to watch usually when I'm just talking about film, Benz or Lyman. 100%. I love watching a great lineman. It so tells my you Currently, so it's much. Joe Walt. Yeah, Uh, all time. I mean, just watching Quentin Nelson's film in 2017 was just like, it was silly. Just sit back and smile. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was fun to watch. He was really fun to watch.
1: And that because I look, I don't want this to come off wrong, but it it will. And that's fine because I enjoy watching good quarterback play, too. Uh, Nordheim hasn't had good quarterback play in a while, so right. it has. I enjoy watching linemen. I hate to ex- give the exact same answer, but my last few years of coaching, I was in the lineman room all the time, and I really learned a lot about line play and coaching up linemen and what to look for watching film from linemen. And I just enjoy it. Like I, I, I feel very. How do I want to say this? There's nothing better than watching good line play because it just makes everything else work.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: that is why I just enjoy it. And you know you're right, watching Q play was just just pure joy. It was just pure joy and watching him just make other guys wish they didn't elect to play football that week. Like that was mm-hmm. just so much fun to watch. So mm-hmm. I agree. That that's where I'm at as well. Tyler Evans with another super chat. Thanks Tyler. Appreciate it. Is there a quarterback that is starting for the first time. That has a load of pressure on them. That they can make or break their team season. Based on our conversation we just had, is Drew Aller.
2: Yeah, and I would I would throw the Ohio State guys in there even more so than Drew Aller. Okay, but well, it depends on who wins the Ohio State job. Technically, Kyle McCord has started a game before. He started a game in 2021 against I think Akron when CJ okay. Stroud was out. So. Technically, he started a game, but Vince, that's a little different than actually being a starter. You know, right. it's like saying it's like saying Drew Drew uh, Ian Book's first start was against North Carolina in 2017. Was it really? You know, like that was for an injury. It was you know, right. there's not a lot of pressure. It just right. it, was exactly. a little, it was a little different animal. But technically, uh, you know, first time being the guy, I think the Ohio State. Because here's why, Vince. I think Ohio State in I, I'm projecting them to change it, but that's more of just kind of more. I don't say wishful thinking, but just more projection than it is actual reality. But the reality is what we have seen is that Penn State doesn't put nearly as much pressure on their quarterbacks to win them games as Ohio State does. Just sure. reality. And so you can, you know, Penn State has shown, hey, we can go have our quarterback throw 22 times and we're going to run the ball a dang ton and he's going to have some play actions and some bootlegs and throw some quick game and just manage the game. Right. And Penn State went 11-2 and last year with Sean Clifford. Ohio State's not playing in the. You know, Ohio State's not 11 2 last year with Sean Clifford at quarterback. Right. Because they put so much on their quarterbacks. Does that change this year? Do they become more balanced? Because it's see, a new that guy, right there, yeah. Vince, could be the thing that determines whether Ohio State is what we predict them to be as a 12 1 playoff team or a team that drops two sure. to three games. Yeah. Is are Good you going to ask these quarterbacks to carry this football team the same way you did CJ Stroud last year? That's asking a lot. When you've got road games against Michigan, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and a home game against Penn State. Because kudos to Ohio State for doing something that Michigan has not done in a few years. And that's actually play a tough night. Because even Western Kentucky in, in in game three, the week before Notre Dame, that's that's not like playing NC State by any stretch. West, Western Kentucky's no slouch. They were a nine and five football team last year that that throws the ball all over the place. You know, so I mean, that's, you know, two years ago, they were scoring 44 points a game with uh, Clay Helton's brother as their head coach, Tyler Hel- Helton. So, where Michigan's just, you know, East Carolina's their challenging game prior to Penn State, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. But that's why I would say Ohio State would be my answer, Vince. But also, there's a lot of pressure on Drew Aller. But, but I don't know that, and, and, and that's not a wrong answer. Because if Drew Aller doesn't step up, Penn State can't be what they're what they're going to be. I just would say sure. the pressure right now for the quarterbacks at Ohio State is much greater than okay the pressure of the other guys at Penn State for me. But uh, but yeah, that's the interesting thing. But that's also why I'm so fired about Notre Dame this year, Vince. Because you know we could talk about that's Carson. Beck. we don't yeah. have. We could talk about Carson Beck at Georgia. It's a lot of pressure on him. You're taking over for the back-to-back defending national champs, and I don't believe he's ever started a game. I mean, if it was, it was like a. You know, maybe in like twenty twenty one when JD, yeah, exactly, and, and so, you know, that's 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 a lot of pressure for him to take over. Yeah. But again, Georgia doesn't count on their quarterback to to win them games the same way Ohio State does. They're a more we, balanced football yeah, team, exactly, and they're gonna have a exactly. great offensive line this year. Like, I mean, they can just go run it down people's throat this year. Just, hey man, just don't lose it. That's that's the. That's right. Carson Beck's job. Don't lose us. Don't, don't lose us the game. This year. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's what Stetson was in year one. And then he became more of a playmaker in year two. Sure. You know, but it's just like, sure. don't lose us a game. He like, made play plays defense, yeah, in year two. Run the he, football. He
1: absolutely made plays, but yeah.
2: you gotta make one, two plays a game. That's it, buddy. That's all we right. need you to do. Yep. So you, you look around there, Vince. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you know, you could I if, would if, say if Ty Simpson wins the job at Bama, that's that's a guy that sure. I would put into this category, first this time is starter. A... If you look around at,
1: like, the upper echelon teams, right, there's just a lot of new blood at quarterback. Yeah. A lot of new blood and a lot of young blood at quarterback. Inexperienced and, think, and unproven, yeah. And I think if if I if I was a national writer and I wanted to, you know, put a story out preseason or whatever, this is the year of the inexperienced quarterback. And I think whatever school does the best with their inexperienced quarterback is going to have the most like, – is it has a chance to make a get, make a play at the national championship you know and and in notre dame's defense most of the teams that they're going to be going up against except for usc right are going to have quarterback situations where it's their first year starting where they don't have a lot of experience there notre dame has experience at quarterback that's a check in notre dame's column at least going into the season now we'll see how the season plays out but I feel like that is something that Notre Dame has in their back pocket that a lot of these title contending
2: upper echelon teams don't have. Yeah. And that's huge. We haven't been able to say that in a long time. Yeah. I want to point something else out here. People talking about, you know, Bryce Young was from Southern California. He did well at Alabama. You guys are kind of missing the point here. Tyler was from Southern California, went to Notre Dame. He's going to Bama now. And guess what? He's expected to be the starter. Number one, Tyler played at a small private school in San Diego where the competition was terrible, which I didn't care because he was so dominant against it. Bryce Young played a modern day. They were playing big-time football teams every week. They were playing national football games every week. That's a completely different animal. And yeah. Bryce Young didn't start as a freshman. He set the bench and got to learn his first year. He's, he wasn't thrown into the fire the way that Tyler Buckner being thrown into the fire. It's a completely different scenario. And, and we're, we're, yeah, it's just a, there's a lot of things I could say, but it's a completely different animal guess it for is. Bryce Young than it was, than it is for Tyler Buckner. No question about it. David Lowe. I saw where CBS sports
1: has us preseason rank 15. How do y'all feel about that? Or, let's see. Do y'all guys feel that's too low? I mean, yes,
2: yes and no. Yeah. Go ahead, Vince. Go ahead. Go yeah.
1: Ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I think it's a little low. I think, Anywhere from 8 to 12 is where I would put Notre Dame going into the preseason and feel pretty comfortable about it. Look, at the end of the day, it's about what you're going to do on the field. And if you start – let's say you start at 15. Okay. But you go and you take care of your business, you've got no problem being in the Final Four. Right. That's, that's my thing because you've got plenty of games on the schedule against highly rated teams, big-time opportunities – to to raise that and erase that 15 yeah. without much of a problem. I That's yeah. – it's a very reachable thing. Look, Notre Dame could start unranked with the schedule that they've got this year. If they take care of their business, they would be in the Final Four. You know what I mean? So preseason, okay. I mean, like I said, 8 to 12, I think it's probably where they belong. 15, okay. That's fine. I mean, it's a little under –
2: yeah, it's a little under, but again, it's it's under based on the fact that we're projecting a lot to happen well. Absolutely. New quarterbacks got to transition smoothly, new starters and all that. But Notre Dame went nine and four last year and lost to Stanford and Marshall. And any, any ranking that's going to hold that against them preseason before Notre Dame has played a game is fair. I mean, right. it, it yeah. is. We think Notre Dame can be really good, but this is still a team that lost to Stanford and Marshall, you can't just and, and I and I I I say so. I hate when people just throw out what happened in September like it didn't mean anything. It did mean something, and so I can't say, well, you ignore September for this team. I hate it when you ignore September's for for anyone other than Notre Dame. But when it fits the narrative to be pro Notre Dame, right. then I'm going to embrace on out September. No, that was the same football team. They got better, right? But they still have a lot to prove. Vince, I mean, they showed they can go toe-to-toe with Ohio State and go toe-to-toe with USC and can smash Clemson, but they also showed that they can get embarrassed by Clemson-Stanford. And again, they got outplayed the entire game. They got outplayed by Marshall almost the entire game. And so if you want to have them 15 because you want to see them do it, how's Sam going to look in this offense? That's fair. I think that's very fair. Mm-hmm. New offensive coordinator. If another team that we didn't follow, as fans, didn't follow, had a similar story as Notre Dame, new offensive coordinator, you know, young head coach. They new were 9-4. and four. They had two coach. really bad losses last yeah. year. New O-line coach. You know, quarterback transferred in, but he ran a different kind of offense. We'd be like, you know, man, y'all putting a lot of hype on that team. They got a lot to prove. And I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. Right. Stroubles so I can't on the say the same about yeah, Notre Dame. all that stuff. I would rank them higher. Right. I would. I would want to know the the rationale for putting them 15th. I would want to hear that. And the other thing I had is – the, the other thing I have with that list, Vince, that kind of bothered me is, is you. Can, I believe it was CBS Sports that had it, and the issue that I had was, if I remember correctly, I would like to see who they had ahead. of They their game. had Texas like sixth. Of course they did. Let me let me pull up this ranking real quick, just so I can be sure of that. No, they had Texas. They had Texas eleven, so that's fair. They had Florida State eight. So it was Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, LSU four. Again, LSU four is too high, right? Like you know, again, this is a team that lost four games last year. They lost a, the Texas A and M loss to me isn't that much worse than losing to Marshall. Marshall's <clears> a pretty good football team last year. A and M sucked, right? I mean, you know, but they all they beat Bama. Well, Notre Dame beat Clemson by twenty one. They still lost every other big game they played last year, right? And they got blown out by Tennessee. Right, so it's it's the it's the it's the inconsistent application of the standards. USC at six, fine, I'm good with that. They won eleven games last year. Penn State at seven, they won eleven at two. I'm good. Florida State at eight, ten and three. That's a little too high for Florida State potentially, but yeah. I could also make the case for it. Clemson at nine, Washington at ten. That's fair. I think you could even argue having Washington ahead of Florida State and Clemson. I'll be honest with you, Texas at eleven. See, that's kind of where I'm like, okay, how are you going to have Notre Dame at fifteen? and have Texas at 11, based off what? Right, that would be my only argument. But again, I think Notre Dame at 15 is a fair ranking. I just wouldn't, I would want to know why they had them there. That would be my only, my only question, Vince, would be just the why. Sure. But. Who was at uh, 13, 14? It was Oregon and I think uh, Tennessee. And then they had. Kansas State 16, TCU 17, Oregon State 18, Wisconsin 19, North Carolina 20, Ole Miss 21, Tulane 22, Texas Tech 23, Texas A&M 24. It's absurd, and then Iowa 25. So, yeah, like people still just riding that Texas that four loss Texas. I mean, they're can the only year that Texas Tech was not a four or worse four loss or more team under Jimbo was the COVID year, and I've. Already I've already pointed out all the data tells us throw out 2020 when it's when that season was the anomaly for a program. Northwestern, that was their anomaly in the last four years. and AM, that was their anomaly in the last four years. When the 2020 season was different for a team than the two to three years before and the two years since, then it was a COVID related result, in my opinion. Right. And that's the case for Texas AM, in my opinion. So yeah, but I mean, I don't have any huge issues with the even LSU at four. I that's too high. They did sure. win the SEC West, I mean, sure. that's that's a big accomplishment. They did win the SEC West, okay, cool. But I, you know, how, how, why are you going to have 10 and four LSU at four and 10 and three? Oh, Florida State at eight when Florida State went into Louisiana and beat LSU? Here's the answer well, that was early in the year. Early right. in break. Okay, then can we throw out Marshall and Stanford? Or can we throw out Marshall then for Notre Dame? Right? Because that was Marcus Freeman's second game. Right. Ever. New you know, knew this, new court, new quarter, knew this, new that. Can we just chalk that game out too? No, you can't for Notre Dame, but you can for LSU. Based on what? They're a different team later in the year. You mean the one in November that lost to Texas AM when they had a playoff spot that they people thought they could. People remember at that time, Vince. People were oh, arguing yeah. that a two loss LSU team might be yep. the playoff. Yep. If they could beat AM and then upset George, they might be a playoff team. They went out yeah, and lost le- a five and seven Texas right. AM team. I was
1: legit crying myself to
2: sleep leading yeah. up to that game. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and if I remember correctly, it wasn't a close game. I mean, it was 38 to 23. Yeah. That's so close. that team that like the team that lost to Florida State. Lost to Tennessee at home by twenty-seven points. Got smoked by Georgia in the SEC title game. <laughs> right. And lost by fifteen to a five and seven Texas A&M team. Is the number four team in the country? Who was lucky to win those five games? By the way, win what five games?
1: The Texas A&M. Oh yeah, I got. So they you. were five and seven.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were not good. They not lost fun. to Appalachian State. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, at home, Appalachian State right? I mean, Appalachian State lost to Marshall. I mean, so if you want to do the intrinsic thing, if you're going to throw that out, that lo- I mean, if you're going to ignore those losses for LSU, then we need to ignore uh, Stanford and we need to ignore Marshall for Notre Dame. So again, I wouldn't ignore those games for those teams, but that's why you can't, I can't justify having LSU at four. Should they right. be in the top 10? Sure. Fine with that, but you can't have them ahead of Florida State. There's no right. justification to have them ahead of Florida State based off last season. So, yeah. Good, good questions. Those are fun. Those are fun. We're going to do a top 25 before the season starts, Vince. We will have an IB top 25.
1: Lord Tubberton, Lord. Okay. Next season, our linebackers will be as follows. Sneed, Ziegler, Osbury, Bowen, and KVA, all top 100 talent. Has Notre Dame ever been this loaded at
2: linebacker? Well, I don't think it's a given that the three kids that they're starting now are all going to be gone. I think some of them would gone. it. I mean, they all have a sixth year of eligibility coming back. I I would imagine at least one of them gets brought back. Maybe I I mean, the case as well, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Have they ever had that? Have they? Has their name ever been that loaded at linebacker? I mean, if you're just going to look at it from a recruiting ranking standpoint, no, they haven't. I mean, all those kids have a lot to prove. But from a recruiting ranking standpoint, I mean, he's right. Sneed was a top hundred guy by at least one service. Osbury was, Bowen was, Kingston was. Ziegler was a one hundred and fifty guy for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a talented group. Athletically, it's a very talented group. They got a yep. lot to prove as football players. But yeah, it's a sure. very talented. And don't discount like Drake, uh, uh, Bodie Cahoon either, who's every bit as athletic as some of the guys on this list. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a talented group. I just got to go show they can play. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the next that's step. That's the big one.
1: That, that we're going to have a lot of question marks about the blindbacker group if the top three yep. guys leave. And that's what yeah. – I shouldn't say that's what's left, but you know what I mean. I mean, Right. I mean, if you're those guys, guys dominate the reps exactly. You're going to exactly. lose a lot of proven production. So, right. Eric Crawford, I know pants questions are lame, but who is responsible for uniforms? The coach, the AD, Under Armour? Why the insistence on mustard pants? Marcus that's Freeman a- – Great question. Sharp enough to know that they stink.
2: Uh, first of all, I think Marcus Freeman has a few more important things to worry about than the color of the pants. That's a fact. But I mean, it, it to me, I it's I don't know the answer to this. My I guess, mean, Eric, would be a combination of someone in the athletic department that. that Jack Swarbrick has has put in charge of that. We're working with Under Armour. Would be my guess. Sure, that'd be my I, guess.
1: And I, I would think. Again, I don't, I'm just, I'm assuming on my end, I would think that there's a discussion at some point, you know, maybe with the head coach, maybe they send like, when they're talking about the alternate uniforms, for example, right. When they decided to go all green pants, you know, did they send around a little questionnaire to the players? Like, Hey, what would you guys like for the green game? Maybe, I I don't know. Like I I honestly don't know if the players had any insight into this. It was captains, you know, that kind of a thing. I honestly don't know. Uh, I would hope that they at least get some input from pretty much all parties yeah. involved here, but I, I, I do I'm know. always a
2: little hesitant to include players in certain things because then they're going to start thinking that they should have more of a say than they should. Fair uh, enough. I'm a fan of, Hey, look, here's what I'm leaning towards. What are your thoughts? As opposed right. to what do you guys want to do? Sure. Uh, part of that also would depend on what my leadership is like. If I had like really good leadership, like, here's how I would want that conversation to go. Hey guys, want to know what your guys' have thought on the green jerseys this year. I would want my leader to say, Coach, we don't give a crap what jersey you put us in. Just let us go out there and ball. I mean, right. like, I mean, isn't that kind of as a coach, like deep down what you're hoping they say? Absolutely. Hey, man. Okay. Hey, oh hey, coach, those uh, well, here's what I'm going. Oh, those look sweet, coach. I love those, man. Those, I mean, so if you show it to them, but like I don't want my star running back or my star left tackle or my star D tackle or my star corner coming and saying, coach, man, I really want to wear it. I wanted them to focus on, I want to go shut down sure. Marvin Harrison. I don't right. care what uniform you put me in. I need to do this. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It just depends I on what your leadership structure is. I honestly don't know the answer to this, you know? Yeah. And it's just something that I haven't cared enough about to find out. I mean, we only get so many chances <laughs> to get intel right. from people. Right. It's just like, you know, you want to waste those questions on uniform. And there's nothing I'm going to do. It's not like me asking Jack Swarbrick that question or Marcus that question is going to all of a sudden prompt a change to get Notre Dame to to have different pants, you know? So hopefully they do. We'll see. That'd have been, that'd have been in my negotiations with Under Armour. Fine. We'll do this, but here's some, here's some things you need to do. Marcus Freeman, you know, all this stuff. Oh, and we need new pants. Yeah. Right.
1: I see if I was an athletic director and I'm not right, I am not. Okay. But I feel like with these negotiations and, and they were ongoing, I mean, it wasn't just like a, a phone call and a hang up kind of a situation. It was their negotiations. I would have brought it up. Like I would, have and yeah. not just football though, either. Like I would have brought up all of it. Like, Hey, let's see some right. mock-ups. What are you guys thinking about the future of the way we are going to be presented on the field, the court, right. etc. cetera. I would want to see some stuff, you know what I mean? And then we'd have a conversation about it, you know, right. um, and that the same, and the same conversation would go for like the shoes and all of that. Right. right? It's a conversation,
2: but I don't know. Right. I, I like some I, some I guy something. told me the other day he was in Chicago and I guess there's this big Under Armour store in Chicago. I, I guess I'm not. And he said he walks in there and there's like Steph Curry. And like, I think there was like something on like soccer and, Sure. He's like, man, you had to like go all in and back to find Notre Dame stuff, and I'm like, you're right. in Chicago, like you should have Notre Dame front See, and center. But that's, that's just the lack negotiation. of branding, and Absolutely. that's partly why Under Armour yeah. is hurting, in my opinion. Right. Is they're doing a great job with Steph Curry, and that's huge, and that's helping keep you afloat. But like, you're missing a huge opportunity with Notre Dame, right? And I just don't think they used to have a really like they had a great marketing operation early. Remember the click clack? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Under Armour. Yeah, like you hey. know protect this house that was under armor
1: yeah no absolutely so Look, if it's good enough for eric taylor and the friday night lights people then it's good enough for me there you okay go. there you go <laughs> archer says here's the craziest type i've heard all our craziest hype i've heard all season j.j mccarthy is comparable to patrick
2: mahomes and josh allen
1: and his goal is to be better than
2: that I mean, I'm good on the kid for striving to be great, but, I mean, anyone in the media or coaching talking about that is out of their minds, and there's really nothing else to be said about that. You can that. set that's your own better. goals,
1: and that and that's awesome. Set your own goals. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's why not? Great. You're at the University of Michigan. You had offers from some big-time schools. Sure. You know, if you want to have high, high dreams. My issues with J.J. McCarthy are nothing to do with J.J. McCarthy. I think he's a nice player. I think he had a good first year. I think people are putting too much. It's almost kind of like y'all are doing a disservice for this kid. Right. Y'all are putting so much hype on this kid that if he doesn't go out there and look like Patrick Mahomes and Josh, I don't know he's a, a bust. He's disappointed, Blah 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 blah. It's like what we did to Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers basically should have been a senior in high school last year. He Correct. Did all right, you know, and and missed basically his junior year of high school because he decided to enroll early. Or he missed his senior year because he decided to, to, to reclassify yeah. and go to Ohio State to get an NIL deal. Now that's on him. He tried. Right. His senior that. year was at Ohio State, and then his freshman right. year would have been at Texas, yeah. right? Well, that's, he didn't look like a world beater as a right. true freshman, and oh, he's overrated. I and mean, he, he was overrated, but it's because there was nothing that kid was going to be able to do to live up the expectations y'all set for him. Right. It's like Jimmy Clausen. Jimmy Clausen was basically doomed short of him winning like a national championship in Heisman. Jimmy Claus was never going to be able to live up to the expectations that's, that were set for him at Notre Dame. College Football Hall of Fame.
1: The yeah. whole, I mean, all of it. Just. Now again,
2: part of that was on him. Absolutely. You made those choices. Sure. But then there's the other part where we, we, we hyped up that kid so much, it was just like, man, like, Notre Dame fans, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that look at his junior season and still don't think he was that good. Well, the team sucked. Well, that's not his fault. Patrick right. Mahomes had a losing record in college. Right. Right? Quarterback can only do so much especially when you play the the teams in their name plays. William Holtzinger, do you guys have any predictions for
1: mid to late season breakouts for offense and defense such as Jaden Thomas, Xavier Watts last year? That's a
2: good one because those are sort of like under the radar type of guys, right? So I'm going to go on offense. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. I'm going to go on offense and say late in the year, Deion Colsey is going to kind of do what he did last year, but even more. I think first half of the year, Dion's hey. gonna be a nice rotation player, catch five, six balls in the first five, six games. But somewhere in the middle of the year, whether it's Duke, Louisville, or USC, Dion's gonna have a breakout game and then just be that dude in the second half of the year. Oh, That's my one on offense. It's gonna be a dude. No, okay. be that dude, the breakout guy that this guy's oh to. be
1: that be the breakout yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. like
2: like Jaden last year, like Xavier last year. Be that dude, second half of the year. Not like not that dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yes. I was like, oh, he's going to be that the, dude the second the half. second half okay. breakout I got guy you. is what I meant by. I that. I got you.
1: I'm going to on offense. I'm going to go with Jaden Greathouse, okay. um, I, because I think, you know, yes, he and you and I have talked about this on the show. We have talked about it in person. He is an amazing route runner. I think he gets himself onto the field at times. You know, the first half of the season, but I think as he gets more comfortable in the offense, as as they get more comfortable having him out there. I think he starts to take off and he starts to break out in the second half mm-hmm. of the season. So I'll, I'll go with him on offense.
2: Defensively, second half of the year, breakout guy. That's a good one. I'm going to go. This ooh. One's this is tougher for me. I'm going to say the light finally goes on for Ramon Henderson in the last five games. Ooh, of the year. Okay. How about that one, Vince? Okay. Because I'm hoping like Bertrand, Kaiser, Marist, Cross, Riley. I hope they're all not second half breakouts. Right. I hope that they're breaking out the first Me half. Need those year. guys in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah but absolutely. I, could,
2: I could see like Ramon coming off the bench early because DJ and Xavier are more trusted and better. But then Ramon's just like, screw this. I want to be great and yeah, and the light goes on and he's balls out. Yeah, that's that's my one on defense. You know
1: what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jaden Mickey on defense. Because I think that, you know, Cam and Benjamin are going to get a lot of the hype, obviously, and, and deservedly so, uh, you know, beginning half of the season. And then, you know, they're going to get blows at times and teams are going to be like, well, we can't go at five. We can't go at 20. Well, when seven's in, we're going to go after him. And I think he makes some plays. And I think yeah. he is able to break out as like one of the first guy in kind of a situation. I dig that.
2: They're yeah. definitely going to test him. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't you? Yeah. As soon as right. five comes off the field, like, mm, throw it's it seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And hopefully he makes him pay for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Bill Walsh, what guards will be able to stop all those Navy blitzes? Well, that's going to be a, a key question, but honestly, Bill, what it comes down to for me is just get a hat on a hat mm-hmm. and then it's up to the OC and the quarterback. I, I was talking with somebody at Notre Dame about this month or so ago and we we're talking about that Navy game and I was like, if Drew hits Michael Mayer on that wheel route early in the third quarter. Game's over. Yeah. I mean, at some point in time, you called the play, you designed it, you got your tight end wide open. It's missed it. I You're mean, it's, 40 it. To, it's, thir- it's 42 to 13 at that point in time, Vincent. The game's yeah. over.
1: That's ball game. At, you know,
2: or 40, it would have been 42 16 because Navy had just gone like on a long field goal drive to kick off the third quarter. And it's ball game. So at some point in time, right. Sam Hartman's going to have to hit throws against that zero pressure somebody's gonna have to catch and you know chris tyree catches a slant guy tries to tackle him, misses he plants goes outside boom 60 yard right. touchdown okay you keep doing this but we're gonna keep you know sam just catches those a bomb to tobias and he just you know they burn them you know it's gonna take that kind of thing make them pay and you know i look at it it's kind of like they were a lot more aggressive so it's a little bit of a different deal because they were in a different defense last year but you remember uh, in 2019, Notre Dame just kept ripping Navy up a big place. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chase had a big play. Uh, Brandon Lindsay had a 75-yard touchdown in that game. I mean, they that's just ran that this, Navy team off that, the field. And that was a much better Navy team than last year, Vince.
1: And so. I see that's how this this time is going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I, we're going to do all kinds of Navy stuff in the week leading up, obviously, but I just don't see a world in which Navy can stop Notre Dame's offense. Yeah, You're going to see big plays, man, and you're going to see Still, a lot of them.
2: Notre Dame needs to make it that way. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. They need to dictate it. They absolutely. It won't be up to the guards as much as it as it is as it is to the quarterback and the skill players making those plays to make them pay. Because Notre Dame
1: can run the ball on Navy, obviously, but if they're going to dedicate all those guys to the box and bringing them like that there's going to be all yeah, kinds of opportunities for Sam Hartman to get rid of the ball it's
2: also why you need a more diverse run game because you can't just right. duo zero pressure just, like what yeah, the, you can't do that all day yeah right okay. no there just there was no gaps there was no right. there, there was a everybody every gap was occupied by a defender
1: right Matthew Ryrick Vince and Brian watching some highlights on Jeremiah Love and Fall Camp running routes in the slot his wiggle and his burst is Elite Could you see him being utilized on third downs this year in the slot? Um, Slot, gotcha.
2: I could see it. I don't know that it would be the slot in the standpoint of like lining up as a receiver slot, but more so like you put him in at running back and he lines up in the slot as part of an empty. Concept or, right. or out of the or backfield on third down, yeah, something yeah. like that, right? Or you go maybe you go twenty personnel and you put him in right. a slot opposite Chris Tyree or Greathouse or something. I could see that. I mean, he's got he's got some guys, pretty good players, got to beat out. But Matthew, when you look at the talent in the skill set, Vince, you've praised his pass catch. I his ball skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, how just easily just snatches the ball yeah. quite a bit in fall camp so far. So I could see that. Am yeah. I predicting it? I'm not, I, I need to see a little re- bit. I'm not ready to go there yet. Him. Yeah. yeah. I mean. But talent's certainly
1: they, there, man. Yeah. yeah. Could they carve out a role for him? Yeah, I do. I think that they could carve out a role for him.
2: I just I just don't know what that role is just he's yet. The first one know? for me is your, he's the kick returner. I mean, that's. that's yes. I'm that's giving easy, him every chance yeah. to be your kick returner. Yeah, that's, that's the first role that I'm carving out for him.
1: I got called crazy last night when we were talking. Uh, somebody asked who we think the return people are going to be, right? And I said, look, if Chris Tyree is who I think he's going to be on offense, there's plenty of talent to put in the return game, and I want Chris Tyree on the sidelines. I don't need yeah. him returning kicks because there's guys with some serious right. boogie that can be just fine on the in the return game and let Chris Tyree play offense. Man, I got roasted right. for that comment, right. man, because they're like, oh, but he's a game changer. Yeah, he is, but there's other guys that well, can do that. All,
2: first of all, he wasn't a game changer last year. Because right. it's a lot of return. return kicks now. Right? right. And, and the other part of it too, is yeah, he's a game. He could be a game changer, but so can Jeremiah love. Exactly. So can J Darren price. So could Jabron Payne. So could several guys. So could Micah Bell. So the whole yeah. thing is I need to keep Chris Terry healthy on offense. Yes, and if they're absolutely, because here's the thing, it's not just about the game day reps. It's about all the reps you have to take to be that guy going into it now Notre Dame sure. may decide well we're going to have him back there because we want to get him as many touches as possible okay that's fine too I'm okay with that too because we've seen him back there returning punts okay if you want to put a, a a guy that dynamic back there I'm okay with that too I just don't think it's nuts to say he's a guy we're really very much depending on on offense and I don't want to take a chance of him getting banged up because he got ear hold on a kick return right you know, right, I'm just, with guys with a 50 yard
1: head start coming right
2: at you. Like, right. I don't know that I want to put the guy who I think is going to be a, an X factor on offense. Now, of course, what's going to happen. Vince is whoever's in for him is going to get tackled from behind or tripped up at the 50 against Ohio state. And they're going to be like, see if Chris Tyree was it. And you're like, yep, you're right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> you got me.
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay. From Irish Gordian, not. Hypothetical scenario where Rowan Byrne attains a comparable level of skill and ability as Tyler Beades. Yeah, from Wisconsin. Okay. Who would be the most fitting comparison for Antoine Knapp? It's, it's Anthony.
2: You've, wow. You've now done that twice. And it's, I will continue to do it because that <laughs> looks like Antoine. It does. It does. <laughs> uh. No, I, I, see the, I see the comparison there. I don't have a problem with it, I, you know. Inside guy, mauler type of guy. Uh, he was obviously who played for Joe Rudolph at uh, Wisconsin. Um, I think that Rowan Burns bigger than than Tyler was. I think Tyler was more of a center guard, where Rowan is more of a pure guard. Uh, he's a power right tackle now. Big enough and long enough to play right tackle. I just don't know if he necessarily moves quite well enough to play right tackle at a place like Notre Dame. But uh, I could see the similarities style of play wise, but I think there's just some different body type wise. Anthony, fitted in comparison to Anthony Knapp, it's, it's the one I've made on the site, which is, I think, Jarrett Patterson's the best comparison I can think of for him. And I believe in my class breakdown article, I believe that's who I have compared him to. So let me just go look at my Anthony Knapp uh, comp for him and see if I remembered that correctly. Yeah, it's Jarrett Patterson. Yeah, I, body type-wise, movement-wise, played left tackle in high school, might project better inside. Um, yeah, I see a lot of similarities between Anthony Knapp and Jarrett Patterson. I think Anthony has a little bit more punch than Jarrett did as a, okay. at the same age. But body type-wise, movement-wise, frame-wise, there's a lot of similarities between those two. A lot of similarities. It's a good question. Someday I'll get that
1: Knapp kid's name right. Sorry, it's okay. Anthony.
2: It's all good. All right. It does look like Antoine. I mean, I've never seen Anthony spelled like that before. No, me neither. People get too creative yeah. with the birth certificates. Yeah, just saying every time I see something like that, though, I think of that skit from uh, uh, the, the substitute, substitute teacher. teacher. Oh my Timothy. god, Timothy present, yeah. present. Where is aaron right now? <laughs> you, ox- you, want, you want to go to war It's <laughs>
1: great. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> All time skits. It's not even close. It really? Is. All right. Uh okay. Sorry. I I can't even I I've met kids named Blake and I can't say their you name can. right. Yeah. I can't You Blank. want to go to
2: war blocky? Blank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay anyway. Quellen. Where is Jay Quellen at? <laughs> you say your name right. Whoa. Denise <laughs> denise. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> the second one was kind of lame. It was kind of lame, but... Yeah, it's like they tried to... Th- there were some funny parts.
1: Yeah. But yeah, the first one is, is all You better is be
2: sick, fun, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you say your name the first time? Because it's Aaron's son of a. <laughs> You done messed up, baby, Ron.
1: Uh, my favorite... You went is a...
2: down to Oshak Hennessy's office. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you did. Hennessy. Principal O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> Treat your up, Insubordinate. And trollish <laughs> Fake announcement. It's <That's> a fake <laughs> announcement.
1: That's great. Yeah. Oh, great. It's good stuff. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay.
1: Anyway, anyway yeah. All right. <laughs> from David. True or false. If Sam Hartman throws his touchdown total from his last two years, 38 minimum, are the Irish in the playoffs? Oh, I
2: got to think so, Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Now, the exception could be – the exception would be if it's a lot like Ian Books 2019. Remember he had 34 that year, Vince, but That's he had right, like he, did. he had like six against New Mexico and like right. five against bowling he green. Off of those. Yeah. yeah he I think off like those. 18 yeah. of his 34 were like five games against like right. bad teams. Uh like if it's something like that, then no. So there's always that caveat. He so had five against New Mexico, five against bowling green, five against Navy four against duke and four against stanford so that's 5 10 15 23 23 in in five games which means in the other eight games he threw 11 yeah right, right? like it can't be like that right Exactly. Right? it can't be like that he you know it, it just it yeah it can't be like that but if it's a, a, a little bit more of a balanced attack sure and, and there's okay. gonna be games where you don't throw a lot of touchdown passes because you just destroy a team. I mean, I don't need Sam Hartman throwing for five touchdowns against Tennessee State. If he throws for right. one and Audrick in the running game goes off and fine, call today, get him out, let Steven and Kenny get some work and, sure. and, and we're good to go. Right. Or if he only throws like two against ten, fine. But um, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing about Sam is I mean, last year he had 38 in 12 games. It was four, three, six, two, one against Army, a game they won 45 to 10. Uh, five and then one against Louisville in the game. He didn't play well, two, four, four, three, three, you know, 2021 he threw 39 and it was three, one against Norfolk state. He was out at halftime. Then it was two, three, two, three, five, three, five, three, one against Clemson in a blowout loss three, two and three. Right. So, I mean, if it's something like that, the it, yeah, this yeah. team's going to be really good. Yeah. This team's going to be really good. Cause this team has a way better defense mm-hmm. than those wake like, teams and they have way better oh, run game. Yes. In those wake teams. So right. yeah. If, if he's if he's repeating his numbers from a touchdown standpoint, as long as he doesn't repeat the interception numbers, and they don't have to be like four, just give me 10, 11 at the most, and I can live with that. You know what I mean? Because he's gonna make some mistakes. He's yeah, I just he's I, a gunslinger, he's gonna th- turn the ball right. over more than you than you're probably comfortable with, but you gotta live with that because he's gonna make some throws. you are like, holy crap.
1: Yeah, ideally, I feel like nine or ten is where I want to be interception wise. Like I'm 10 or, really yeah, hoping he does not hit double digits. digits. Season, but, you know, if, if he's he averaging 10, less
2: than yeah, if he's averaging less than one a game, Vince. Yeah, I hear you. As I long as they're you. good turnover, and that's right. going to sound crazy, it's, but it's like, but going
1: to see his mentality and the way he throws the football. It's it's Brett Farvey ish, right? I mean, he's gonna take some chances, but more often than
2: not, those chances are gonna yeah.
1: are gonna benefit Notre Dame, right. but there are gonna be some times where they don't. Because he I, had
2: three you know. or four, he has three or four interceptions a year that were tip balls, you know, right. sometimes his fault, sometimes not. It's just right. gonna, stuff's gonna happen. Just limited a little bit. Right.
1: Fighting Mike 87. Thanks for the super chat. Forget pants. I want Marcus Freeman's under armor gear. Yeah, I'm You're not on the that. only
2: one. There's a lot of people out there He's that got. this is a
1: missed opportunity if they yeah. don't make this happen.
2: You look at his avatar. He has one of the photos of Michael Mayer that Angela took last year. Very <laughs> nice. cool. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, from Archer, in an article discussing Florida State's potential realignment, the author mentioned Notre Dame and North Carolina as the programs the SEC believe would bring value. What would the SEC have to offer to sway Notre Dame?
2: Oh gosh, I mean, they'd have to give Notre Dame so many concessions. Right. You know, you're going to you're going to, you know, you're going to get paid more than everybody else. You're going to have this you're, I mean, the, the, Notre Dame would have so many concessions they'd have to make to in my opinion to go to the SEC. I just I don't see it. Cuz there's nothing forcing them no. into a conference right now. And if they do go to a conference, the reality is they're going to go to the Big 10 or the ACC depending on if the ACC still exists. <clears throat> like sure. I could honestly see the ACC making some huge deal to Notre Dame to get them in the ACC to save that league. Uh, right. And I could even see Notre Dame maybe taking it. And honestly, because they, be they, they would be the, they would be yeah. the savior depending yeah. on what the offer was. I could even live with it a little bit, to be honest with you. I, I could, but to, to, to join the SEC, unless it was just the big 10 didn't want Notre Dame at that time. And there was only two leagues and you know, Notre Dame would have no leverage, but yeah, I, uh, Somebody said concession. Brian Kelly has to go back to Grand Valley State. That's well played. <laughs> Very well played. That's great. Very well. Hey,
1: there. His name's on the indoor facility. So yeah, you know. there you go. There
2: you go. But yeah, it would have to be like a big finance. You'd have to concessions. We don't. We're not going to play. You know we, we're only. Gonna we're not going to play the night. number
1: one schedule every day every year. Right. Like, you know. yeah,
2: you're you're not gonna. We're not going to play in Mississippi a whole lot. You know, we want to, we want to have these teams regularly on the schedule. That kind of, it would have to be some stuff like that would most likely be, be part of uh, any kind of requirements. I wouldn't, that's just, guys, I have no Intel on that. That's just just my opinion of what I think they would or should do. It would take, they would have to move
1: mountains, man. Like if it was a, if it was an offer that was on the table in August of 2023, you're talking about having to move mountains because there is nothing
2: pushing Notre Dame to a conference right now. Well, Let's just say there was, let's say that Notre Dame just decided they wanted to be in a conference just for and the so sake of argument. So they
1: put out feelers. They're like, my, hey,
2: my, best offers, bring them in. My point is the SEC would be at the bottom of Notre Dame's desired right. list. Right. Notre Dame wants to make this a somewhat academically oriented decision and sure. also Olympic sports oriented decision as they can. I don't think they have any desire to have to compete with. And And, and, and let's be honest, it's a dirty league. They even cheat when cheating's legal. They still cheat. They still find ways to break rules. Right. Notre Dame doesn't. Why would you want to be a part of that with all your sports? Why would you want to be a part of that right. with all due respect? As much as I hate the Big Ten, I mean, that one would make a lot more sense for Notre Dame and all the reasons that you and I talk about. Like, I can live with the ACC because there's a lot of schools in the ACC that are very convenient and easy for Notre Dame to get to. Sure. And all the coastal schools, I mean, from from Pitt, BC, Syracuse on down, those are easy flights for Notre Dame. Absolutely. Like, very easy flights for Notre Dame. Very easy travel <laughs> schedule. No problem. Half the league is kind of somewhat near you if mm-hmm. you think about it. I mean, right. Virginia's right. a hop and a skip on a flight. I mean, you just fly to DC. Uh, BC, Pitt, Syracuse. I mean, those aren't those aren't bad trips. Right. Where the most you've got Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and then everybody else is even south of that. I just there's no academic affiliation there outside of Vanderbilt there just there'd be no reason to make that move unless it was your only option in my opinion so so in order for the SEC to get them to do that I think they'd have to basically get Notre Dame to like they'd have to give them so many concessions and Notre Dame would just be stupid to say no and I just don't see that being the case I really don't
1: Michael Johnson if the defensive line has nine a nine to ten man rotation how good can they be overall and with a rested cross in the middle?
2: Well, the last part would be huge, Michael. If they could keep Howard cross fresh where he's never playing more than like 30, 35 snaps in a game, that would be huge. And because, again, you can always ramp those up in the cut like three or four of the big games. Right. But if you can keep them 30, 35 and lower, you know, he doesn't get more than 15 against Tennessee State and Central Michigan. Sure. Then, sure, that's awesome. Because I think we've seen it. When Howard's fresh, he's twitchy, he's disruptive, he's productive. Right. Go watch Ohio State game last year. He was the best defensive lineman. The two best defensive linemen their name had last year against Ohio State were, were him and Riley Mills. And it's not close. But Howard Cross was clearly the, the best guy they had against him. He was fresh. right? And then later in the year, he wears down a little bit. He's just <laughs> not as productive. He's a step yeah. slower. Well, he can't afford that. He can't afford right. to be a step slower. Right. So if they could keep Howard cross fresh, he's going to be a very disruptive player for Michael. As far as the nine man rotation is, I'm not going to give you this cop-out answer. I'm going to give you a cop-out premise. The premise is it depends on why they have a nine, 10 man rotation. Is it because they just, nobody's really given me what I need. So we're just keep having to play guys in hopes that with the rotation that we can get enough production out of the rotation because we don't have any studs or is it, we have some dudes on there, man, but we're going nine, 10 deep in most games because we just got a lot of kids that can play and help us. But when we play Ohio state, it's a seven man rotation. When we play USC, it's a seven, eight man rotation. We play Clemson. It's a seven man rotation, but you right. gets everybody else's nine or 10 because you just got that many kids that are helping you out and you want to keep guys fresh. Uh, they're going to be real good, real good. Michael, if it's nine or 10 because nobody's that guy, and so we got to mix and match different matchups to get That's that a problem. production. That's a problem. That's a big I problem. think it's going to be more of the of the first option. Vince. I agree. I it, agree. Is, you know, I, I I feel,
1: feel like if if they expanded to nine or ten, and I agree with your premise of the big games being different than some of the yeah. other games, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But if they're if they're getting nine to ten guys on the field, it's because those guys have forced their way onto the field for yeah. good reasons. I, yeah. I, I, the scenario I see is if like nobody's really stepping up. I feel like the rotation shrinks. I don't know that it grows. You know what I mean? And so if they're at nine to ten, it's hard for me to see a premise where that's a negative. You know, just just based on kind of how things go on defensive line and things like that. So if they're at nine to ten, I, I would say nine times out of ten, that's a really good problem to yeah. have because those guys are saying, "Hey, you got to get me on the field. I need to make some plays." And then, of course, it helps out the starters stay more rested. So, um,
2: yeah, it's good. I'm going to respond to this from Fight Fighting Mike87. He says, I don't want Notre Dame to be a savior to the fourth best <clears throat> conference at best. First of all, the ACC to me is the third best conference. I mean, it is. When was the last time the Big 12 won a championship? When was the last time the Pac 12 won a championship? The ACC has 3 college football championships in the last decade, 3. How many does the Big 10 have? 1. Right? I mean, yeah. So it's make the problem with the ACC is not that they suck, it's that they're not making money. Right. If you right. look at the preseason rankings, there's 3 teams that are top 20s caliber teams, throw Notre Dame into that conversation. And the ACC, is not even if we grant your premise of them being the fourth best conference, so let's say he thinks the Pac-12 is third, okay, and whatever, or Pac-12 goes away and the Big 12 is third. Even if you grant that premise, the whole point is that once Notre Dame becomes that in that conference, that changes. Right. They're no longer the third best conference or the fourth best conference. They now have Notre Dame. You now have Notre Dame. You now have Clemson. You know, have Florida state. You know, have Miami. You've got North Carolina. I mean, you've got some, some, some pull there now. And as we saw in 2020, when Notre Dame joined the league, it brought everybody else up. The people that are smart to cover the ACC know how stupid some of these coaches are for cr- hammering Notre Dame, get in or get out. No, you're shut your mouth, take your because money. Look at the most viewed, <laughs> look at all the games yep. in the ACC the last five years, and you take the 10 most viewed games, a number of They're viewers, all, I promise you over half right. of them are Notre Dame games. Oh, I would say about regular season more games. than that, even. So, eight. yes. And and so the whole point is, is if Notre Dame joined the league, that would be the, the what they would need to then be able to kind of renegotiate their contract and get a bigger deal. That's right. the whole point. But you throw a team like Notre Dame in, you now have a program that's been in two college football playoffs the last seven, eight years. Right. you've got a you've got a you've got another team that's won two championships in the last seven or eight years you have another team that won a championship a decade ago and is on the verge of getting back on track plus you have the the how good they are in other sports and so uh, the whole point is you're not you're not a savior if you join a league and they stay bad right like alex rodriguez was not a savior to the rangers he was a very well paid guy on a team that sucked Right. I mean, he wasn't a savior. A savior is someone who, right, you resurrect it, right? You save it. It's, it's what it, I'm, look at my faith. I'm broken. I cannot fix myself. I need Christ to be my savior to make me whole. I can't do it on my own, right? He has to do it. But I'm now free. I'm now whole. I'm now not what I was, right? That's the whole point. Jesus says, come to me as you are, and I promise you, you will leave a different person if you truly have saving faith. It's kind of the similar thing here. It's a little rough. I don't want to like get struck by lightning with the theology, but the point is, what is a savior? A savior saves you. You are no longer in that bad place. Right. If Notre Dame went to the Big Ten, they're not a savior. They're already really good. If they go to the SEC, they're already really good. What's the point? Now you're just jumping on the bandwagon and making money. Notre Dame should always be a trendsetter. Oh, you guys think right. you're bad? Fine. Hey, ACC. Get the Florida State AD president up here. We're going to meet in Greens. We're going to meet in Charlotte this weekend. We're going to talk some stuff out. We're going to join your league. We're going to save you guys. But here's what what we want. We want you to do this. We want you to do that. We want you to bring this team on. Because it wouldn't just be Notre Dame. It would have to be Notre Dame and someone. I think Notre Dame could then dictate who we want that someone to be. Right. You know what I mean? And so – you know that could be something Notre Dame would do. So, I mean, to me, that would be that would be much more ideal than joining the Big Ten of the SEC. I've said yeah. this
1: before. Oh yeah, I because could now because that. you
2: are the savior. I mean, think about that Notre Dame, Think about how much pub Notre Dame got in 2020. Yeah. Save the college football season. There was literally talk about that because it was Notre it's Dame true going to the ACC and because the ACC was thinking about not playing. And it wasn't until Notre Dame was like well we're we're interested in party hey cool acc was on the verge of following in the Ace, the big 10 and the sec and the big Ten's footsteps and the pac 12's footsteps until Notre Dame kind of got involved right and i think all the hype Notre Dame got that they saved the acc right and you have already proven you can dominate that league in yeah. football right right so if you're going to if you're going to have to join if they decide we want to join the conference absolutely i would rather them go to the acc It's not close. Because then they can be, that. this is the team that killed the mega conferences. Or, you know what I mean? Like, Notre Dame saved college football from the mega conferences. Dude, you tell me how, think about how much pub Notre Dame would get for that. Right. So, yeah, I would absolutely, I would, I, I just, I don't understand how any Notre Dame fan could want them to join the Big Ten. I just don't know how you could. If you don't know – if you don't understand what I'm saying, then you don't know the program's history. I don't know how anyone could could feel okay with Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. If they have to do it, they have to do it. But why would you want them to join a conference that's rejected them twice and now they want to reap the rewards of Notre Dame's greatness, which you caused by rejecting them because you're a bunch of bigots? I don't understand why people still feel that way with Notre Dame. I don't know how Notre Dame fans feel that way, Vince. I just – I can't get, maybe it's just me, but like, there are some sins that are just like, yeah, I can forgive you. Right. But forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Right. I forgive you. We'll play you guys in certain games, but I don't forgive you. I mean, I don't, I didn't, excuse me. I didn't forget it. I didn't just ignore that. It didn't happen to me. Right. And now you want to benefit off of us. Now that we're, we've become what we become. Screw you. You know, and the past isn't the past. That's right. that's nonsense. The past isn't the past.
1: And, right? re- and and regionally based conferences don't exist anymore. Right. And and they don't exist in the Big Ten right. either. They're they're next year, this time next year, two teams from LA are gonna be in Jim, the Big Ten. And
2: Jim Delaney spent not time thing. and time again trying to hammer Notre Dame. This isn't like it's all the way back to Fielding Yost, and it's never happened again since then. Jim Delaney used to try to crush Notre Dame all the time. Right. This is recent. And let's not forget it was the Big Ten that was trying to cancel football in 2020. Right, remember that they were trying oh, to get everybody else to go along with them.
1: Yeah, How'd they wanted to cancel football in 2020. They ended up playing a six-game
2: schedule. Be I mean, part of that? Give me a break. Give me a break. So, yeah, I mean, I realize Big Ten's probably where they're going to go if they ever go to a conference. Doesn't mean I have to like it. I so, hope that's not the case. But yeah, yeah.
1: crispy bacon. Thoughts on Mensa thinking this is the year to win a title.
2: Talking about nano Safa, of Mensa. I, I I want them to embrace that. Now there comes a point in time where it's like, okay, it's time to stop talking about that and focus on right. Navy. But yeah, I want this team looking at every week as, as, hey, we're looking to become the best we can be because if we're the best we can be, nobody can beat us. Absolutely. I want them having that attitude. It just comes a point in time where it's like, okay, like Coach Freeman said, okay, camp started. Right now our focus is on, become the best team we could be to get ready to go beat Navy. And when you beat Navy, hey, I'm only worried about Tennessee State. I'm right. only worried about NC State. That's that's the process. But at the foundation of that process is we have a goal that we're working towards. If you beat Ohio State, and the reason that you have to have that macro of Vince, and not only focus on the micro of week to week, is because when you beat Ohio State and you're not focused on the macro, then guess what, Vince? We've arrived. We beat Ohio right. State. Nope. You beat Ohio State. Hey, awesome! Monday morning, guys. It's over with. We got to beat Duke, right? Right, because we didn't win a championship this season. We just beat a team in September, right? right? It's a big win. It shows what we're capable of. We got seven more of these. We got to win before we can really feel like we did something, right? And and there's a lot of
1: things that Notre Dame has to prove about participating in a big game and then being ready for the next one. Yeah, you know, based Correct. on last year, right? It was especially Marcus with the scheduling
2: approach absolutely. Yeah, that Ohio State to yeah. to whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like Clemson's slate is not easy. It's right. it's Ohio State, Duke, who went won nine games last year, Louisville, uh USC, Pitt, and Clemson. It's not a cakewalk, right? David Lowe, Brian, do you think Hartman will
1: utilize his tight ends a lot since he's in a new offense? He'll use them if they're open and that's what the read is.
2: So I understand why people think this, because we've talked about this. They didn't throw he didn't throw the tight ends a lot, but that was a product of the system that he played in. A quarterback is going to throw the ball where the read tells him to throw the football. Correct. So it really comes down to how much do you prioritize it as a as a coaching staff? Is your tight end always your number two or three read? Well, if that's the case, he's not going to get the ball a whole lot does the coach do things where the tight end is the top of the thing? Sure. You know? Uh, yeah. Then you're going to go with that more. So it really just comes down to the relationship he has with the tight ends and where the tight end is built into the concept. As far as the part of the reads. is he one, is he two, is he three, is he four, is he check down? Do they block him a lot? That those are things that we're gonna have to find out. In my opinion, those are absolutely things we're gonna have to find out. Absolutely.
1: Yep. PK last year, Chris Tyree, was number three of three running backs tough up let's see tough for him up the middle this repositioning is key to notre dame season no longer a three-man rotation
2: oh i uh as, think as they're still gonna have a th-
1: well i think he's saying that chris tyree is no longer involved in a three-man I, yeah. rotation right? okay
2: if that's the case then yes that is a very astute observation they're still going to play three running backs oh yeah running.
1: oh yes and, and if sure. not more
2: yeah, I would say I'd rather go four. Now you got to be careful because you need to, you know, and, and that's not going to be true. I mean, there's going to be some games where it's two, right? Sure. You may only go too deep in Ohio State game and, and sure. USC or whatever, but you know they're still going to have a three man rotation. The question is going to be, like it, to your point, is getting Chris Tyree out of that mold. Yeah, but see, here's the thing: is Chris Tyree still should have been used differently as a running back? There's still plenty of things you could have do. You and if Notre Dame didn't have Jadarian Price and Jabron Payne and Jeremiah Love, then Chris Tyree would still be a running back. Right.
0: You needed right. that
2: to be able to move him somewhere else. Sure. Right. There's still plenty of things you could have done with him as a running back. They just refused to do it. Mm-hmm. At least they refused to do it the last two years. As a freshman, he averaged over almost seven yards of carry because they had him running counters and outside, you know, right. inside zone encounters and reverses and stuff like that. Banging their
1: head against the wall with Chris Tyree.
2: Yeah, last year. they tried to turn him into a downhill between the tackles running back right. the last two years, which is why his production the last two years wasn't nearly as good as it was. Exactly, his freshman, his freshman year. Vince, remember he, they put him in for that reverse against Georgia Tech. Remember mm-hmm. that? Like they ran, they ran like a toss and then uh, f- or an outside run and faked it and then they came back with a reverse. He had a hundred yards in the game against Florida State. Right, he ran a forty. I mean, you know, had uh, seventy four. Yeah, I got away from that. Yeah, seventy four yards on seventy carries <sighs> against Boston College. Had 109 yards against Syracuse, and then then they don't play him in the in the uh, ACC title game until the fourth third third or fourth quarter. And the first time they had him the football, he cuts back 21 yard touchdown. And if you go back and watch that game, Clemson's first team defense was still on the field on that play, and just was just one of those things where you just never yep. never understand it, never understand it. So it is what it is.
1: Joseph Dobrinsky, uh or Dob Dob Resinski The Dob Debrin- yeah that's a good yeah. I'll let you f- struggle with there, that. There's, <laughs> there's a lot going on there sorry Joe uh with the news about the announcers for Notre Dame games on NBC I was just running what your thoughts are on were on Tony Dungy
2: calling the games a few years ago he's great I thought he did a great job I, I mean was great I just like people that are knowledgeable. I don't need right. you to have a personality. I mean, right. that's, I, I'd rather the play here's here's my I'd rather the play-by-play guy have the the loud personality than the color right. guy. Yeah, I want that the color guy to be knowledgeable. Right, know what you're talking about. Nothing annoys exactly. me more than listening to a color guy who's supposed to know the team talking about Jaden Thomas as a tight end. Correct. It just tells me you did like two minutes of research before this game started. Right. the t- the two best The two best color guys that Notre Dame has had
1: in recent history have been uh, Tony Dungy. And, uh, and Mike Mayock, mm-hmm. sorry, because they know the game. And regardless of what Mike Mayock did out with with the Raiders, he knew the game enough yeah. to educate yeah. people while watching Notre Dame football. Right. And I know that's a, not necessarily what some people want to
2: hear, but those were the best ones, in my opinion. Right. I and mean, that's like my issue with Jason Garrett. A couple times I listened is he's very dull, but I don't really care about that. I care, but he, he would just give like real super fit. The guy clearly knows football. Right. He's been a head an offensive coordinator and a head coach in the National Football League. Guy knows football. But he just he would just stick to the superficial stuff. Right. And, you know, just surface level like just yeah, just And if I'll say this, if Jack Consworth had a better color guy I can live with Jack Hansworth as the play-by-play Ooh, guy. That's that's a I hard could. pass for me. I could. I mean, it's just the other way around. Like, to he, me, the color guy determines the success of a broadcast. It oh, just does.
1: Oh, yeah, I disagree. Yeah. The play-by-play guy needs to bring along the color guy. The I don't, play-by-play you, guy is the professional. The color yeah. guy is usually not. Well, if I just don't really care what a play-by-play guy, play guy has to say. That's my. If thing. you have there's an, there's an excellent play-by-play play, guy, they can make yeah. the color guy better. 100%. Eh,
2: I mean, I guess, but if the color guy doesn't know he's talking about, it, it doesn't really matter. And if he's just giving you surface analysis, it doesn't but matter. But there's
1: certain ways that you set up a guy no, to I don't make disagree him sound them, like Which is he's why Mayock and
2: Tariko are so good. Because Tariko right? is a freaking And it's why Bro. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt are really good. Because yes, Gus brings some some excitement, but Gus also does a pretty good job of setting up Clat for, for right. different things, right? Absolutely, and that's a very underrated part of what makes yes. Gus Johnson good. Gus Johnson Absolutely. isn't just good because he's an energetic, and I do love that about him. He's about the only color right. guy that I enjoy listening to. But he sets, um, yeah, he, he yeah, sets, yeah, like up Mike Tarico. But it, my whole point is, if a color guy, if a play-by-play guy is just okay, but he's got a really knowledgeable color guy, for me, I'm Actually. fine with that because I want a guy that knows football. And, you know, the one thing I'll say about Jack Collinsworth, he at least has a voice that you can listen to, you know, and it's, here's the other thing, Vince, he's not going to get worse. He's going to get better and better. He had no business getting the job he got, but he's going to get better. And, you know, but I mean, the end of the day, it's just another example of NBC treating Notre Dame. Like it's a proving ground
1: and it's, and it's, it's the minor leagues. And that's a problem. They literally have, a play-by-play guy on staff who is in Notre Dame Stadium who is under NBC contract that is going to do radio instead of the TV version in Paul Burmeister.
2: Oh, I've said that. A, yeah, you and I like, agree on that a million it's, times. It's
1: ridiculous that they don't make that change. Yeah. It's ridiculous it's like,
2: because he's not a Collinsworth. Oh, a hundred percent. There's and, no, and I, and no I don't, doubt. Even, it's not even a knock on Jack. I don't have any ill will towards Jack. I don't know Jack, but it's just, it's very clear why he got that job. Cause he's another named grad. Whose dad is Chris Collinsworth. And he sounds right? exactly
1: like his dad.
2: Right. You know, Paul Burmeister tone. is a significantly oh, better
1: play-by-play guy. He's a pro. Yeah. If you, if you just flip-flop Paul Burmeister and Jack Collinsworth, I guarantee you, Jason Garrett's better.
2: Yeah, I, I, no, I do agree with that, but I just don't know how much better like he's got to get Jason. Great. Garrett's got to get more comfortable in his own shoes expressing those things. Right. Agree. And I'm and I'm sure the NBC execs have warned him about it because that was kind of their thing with 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 Mayock is they would always kind of they didn't want him to be as technical. I'm like, well, right. That's preaching to the lowest common denominator. And yeah, the, the that's lowest a problem. Because
1: like NBC has proven up time and time again that they don't make good decisions on who goes in the booth. And that goes back oh, 10 it's, 15. Some names
2: are minor leagues. And yes, that's,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Vel Hines, so be who's stepping up in practice. A little too early, Vel, for me for that one. We, you know, we saw that first full practice, and but they didn't have pads on. And after that, they've really just they really just kind of have just gone through drills. And like I was telling Vince and I were talking about this, like if you, if you don't look good going through drills and you're on scholarship at Notre Dame, you shouldn't be on scholarship at Notre Dame. Right. Like, you know, there's, there's certain things you can tell, like this guy's more comfortable in his technique or those kind of, those sure. kind of different aspects of it. But like, you know, who's stepping up in practice. We can't possibly know who's stepping up. And that's why we stick to, we focus in our, in our breakdowns of like who looked good athletically, who made a really nice catch and all that. But until you see team you don't really in seven on seven and the more competitive stuff right like the one-on ones the com- seven on sevens and team you don't really know who's stepping up right. we're gonna get another shot at that what like next week Tuesday, Vince, Tuesday night. this upcoming Tuesday night yep. we'll get another team practice hopefully they do they they show us some stuff the last we'll, one <laughs> yeah we'll have a better idea after that one than, yeah. than we do now it's just I just haven't seen enough honestly right. Yep. at this point in time. The worst 2K big men HD. Who scores the first touchdown of the season? I don't know who, but I know who. I one of two people I want, Vince, and I'm going I want to hear what you think about that. Okay, I want it to either be Chris Tyree or Tobias Merriweather Ooh, nice. I want that one of those two guys to have that. Yes, a big touchdown. Either <laughs> Tobias on <laughs> the top or Chris catches one and runs. Yeah. I want one of those two things to happen. I want a if big it's Audric or something, I'm cool with that. Or tight end, I'm cool with that. Sure, but like. Like that would be the statement win. Like midfield, a bomb on a post route to Tobias for six. Right. Oh,
1: that would. Or be Chris
2: Tyreek t- catches a cross or a slant, just outruns the defense for a touchdown. Yeah, that would be it for me. Yeah. Catches a re- or takes a reverse like or something like that. That those would be the two that would be best for me. Those would be those would be like electric type touchdowns, yeah. which I'm all about because we're gonna
1: see a bunch of those this season. But it's, to be the first. Like if that's the first one to be like, all right, where's the popcorn? Here we go. Yeah, it's it's gonna tone be a great setting, season. right? It's it's yes, it's like okay, exactly. this
2: is the guys. It's I mean, what's the being of show? It, it's X factors, right? It would show right. that hey, right. The X factor stepping up. Oh, it's gonna be great. Coach Koch, can you name
1: any walk ons that make an impact or compete for a scholarship? Are there any walk ons
2: that have impressed so far in camp? Well, Luke Talich is not going to be a walk on for very long, or shouldn't Green. be anyway. But I will say this, Vincent. I may do a story about this. Just depends. I don't know if I have time yet. But Notre Dame's walk on situation is really impressive. I mean, yeah, watching just the freshman, the Jordan Faison, that yes, kid's a really good football player. He was going to be my next one after you know yeah. um, yep. Trey Reader, the linebacker from Florida. That's a sophomore now. Watching him go through drugs, he's just small. Yeah, but that kid can. That kid's athletic. That kid can move. The defensive end whose name I can't pronounce—it's a big kid. Like he's a—you know—could he be a rotation guy someday? Maybe, maybe. There's a lot of really quality walk-ons on this football team, Vince. And yeah. like the Leo Scheidler receiver, a kid can play. I mean, a kid—maybe he could be a, a Matt Salerno down the road someday. You know, there's guys like that. This is a really impressive walk-on team, and not even just the specialists, like you know Zach Yoakum, who's a walk-on. Right. But th- there's some really athletic, talented walk-ons on this team. Some of them are just small. Like Trey Reeder. If Trey Reeder was two inches taller and about twenty-five pounds heavier, he's probably on division one scholarship in football.
1: And and he is, I was actually I was standing right along with the linebackers the other day, and he's like a assistant coach. Is too, he really? By the way. Okay. He's like coaching guys up, letting he's them a like, sophomore. showing them what to do.
2: Like, yeah, he's I didn't really.
1: I did yes. I didn't realize no. he was a sophomore because he's got like a mustache and like this he's whole thing going on. Vince. Yeah, I had no, I had no idea. I figured he was a senior, like a walk on nope. senior who's been doing so- this for a long True time. Sophomore, I am shocked by that. First of all, True because sophomore. he was coaching up these young guys big time during individual yeah. drills, like off to the side. It it was impressive. It was impressive.
2: Yeah. Yep that um, that doesn't surprise me from what I've yeah. heard about Trey. Yeah. Was I was like, okay, this guy knows what's up. Yeah, sophomore, true sophomore. I had no
1: idea. I thought he was yeah. a senior. I really did. Yeah. All right. Zach Martin, do you think Flanagan can play oh, D? Oh.
2: We've already talked about some of that, like Marty Auer. We've already talked about some of those guys in the past. That's why I didn't right. bring those guys up again. Marty Auer is a really good teams, man. Game.
1: Right. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't play right. special But teams.
2: we've already talked about him. I just was kind of some different yeah. names than what we would talked about in the past. But I just don't want to leave him out either. Oh, and
1: a- and uh, Dylan Deve- De- Devezen, uh, the 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 well, just because he's going to be the holder, which I'm a yeah. little surprised Oh, yeah,
2: that's a good point. Special I'm a little surprised
1: about because usually that's the punter. Uh, but he's gonna or be the, the holder back, it looks quarterback. Like. Yeah, so he's obviously done something to get some playing time.
2: Well, he's you gonna know? travel because he's the signaler, he's gonna be one of the signals too, too yeah. I imagine.
1: So yeah, yeah, good call. So he you could say he stepped up. That I mean, that's yeah. a good one. All right, anyway, Zach Martin. Do you think Flanagan can play D at Notre Dame if for some
2: reason the tight end gets too crowded or whatever? I do. I do, yeah. Would he be like a big time starter? No, probably not. Could he play in the rotation at defensive end if the need was there down the road? Yeah, he could. He's a big boy. 6'6, 260 already, guys. <laughs> That's a big boy. And he moves That's well, Vince. Very smooth for his size, yeah. too, man. Like he catches the ball well. I had him in my most recent practice report. I liked what I saw from him just moving around, just running around and pad, you know, with, with no pads on and stuff. He he moves well. But yeah, he could play defense. No doubt. No doubt. Last one, Vince. Okay. Eric Santini. Would you be interested in a
1: situation with the scheduling like they do with the ACC, but with the big 10 where we're independent, but play so many big 10 teams, Brian?
2: No, not really. I don't want to do any favors. Yeah. I mean, look to me is I, I like, here's the deal. The value there's value for Notre Dame playing the ACC. And this is what I think a lot of people don't understand. Go look at how Notre Dame has recruited the East coast of the United States since they started playing in the ACC. Look at how many kids from Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia that they've been able to land in that period of time. It's not a coincidence. Now, they have gotten some guys from those regions in the past, but the volume is different, and the impact of those players is different. And we talk to these kids. Seeing, I saw Notre Dame play when I was a sophomore. I was on a visit at so-and-so school, and they were playing Notre Dame Mm because guess what? Every time one of these schools hosts Notre Dame, it's their biggest recruiting weekend of the year. Yeah. It it just is. And so – that stuff matters. What value does it does Notre Dame have playing at Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa and Indiana and Illinois and Rutgers and Maryland? It brings no value to them at all. So forget the whole just my already feelings I had. Because, like, I've always said I want to play Michigan State. Why sure. do I want to play Michigan State? Because that was one of the teams that fought for Notre Dame. They just got outnumbered. They wanted Notre Dame in the Big Ten. They fought for Notre Dame, and Michigan State was willing to play Notre Dame. They didn't duck Notre Dame for three or four decades like Michigan did, right? right. So, I, I got respect for Michigan State. I would I would play Michigan State. I'd play Purdue. I'd play some Big Ten teams. I just don't want to have some agreement where they can then claim, "Hey, we got Notre Dame," and right. and use that. Now I had somebody text me that 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 one of the the holdups in the TV con, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is what somebody said, but it, it would make sense that one of the holdups is is that you know ESPN or NBC would like for Notre Dame to kind of not play as many ACC schools and play more Big Ten schools because now the AC the NBC has the Big Ten. To me, it's like no, I don't want to do that, like because again, it's just another example of the AC of the NBC not prioritizing Notre Dame. Exactly, they're right? Prioritizing and, and, the Big Ten, yeah. and they
1: want to double down on the fact right. that they're going to play Notre Dame.
2: Right, so no, I, I wouldn't mind playing some Big Ten teams. I would love to see Michigan State back on a schedule. I've said this time and time again. I'd love to see Michigan State be a normal. Actually, like that trip team. I like going up there. I mean, because we can drive. Yeah, I like that trip. I, I like. I I respect that rivalry. Yeah, I like that respect. I respect that rivalry a lot Mm -hmm. more than I do the Michigan one. Yep. Just because of all the other history that should not be ignored, and so when I look at events, I just don't. There's just not a lot of value in playing the Big Ten teams from expanding, building your base. Like they just don't. That does nothing for Notre Dame except give them a big TV deal. It just does nothing. There is value in playing in the ACC that that a lot of people don't understand. Because some of you look at this at a way too narrow view of well, the ACC doesn't have a great football. It's kind of not the point right? Like it's just not, it's not the point of why they wanted to get a foothold into that conference. They wanted to get into that conference for two reasons. Number one, there's a lot more like-minded institutions in that school than Notre Dame, than than the big 10. Now I'm not saying the big 10 doesn't have very good academic institutions. I'm not saying that, but they are big private school, public school research oriented institutions. Even the public schools that are, that are, that are, uh, in the ACC like the University of Virginia for example Vince it is a, s- a little smaller school but it's a highly academic school that's not quite the research emphasis of like the big 10 schools which you know like Michigan State's a big time agricultural school right it's just a just a, a much much bigger school and so and you look at the size of University of Virginia for example it's like 25,000 students Right, undergrad, and it's only seventeen undergraduates, and then you go look at like Ohio State University, huh. Vincent, and, and and that's 40,000. Yeah, it's way bigger. Something let me like let that? pull that up is that here. The number, I believe it is. It's it, you're close to it, Vince. But let's go to Ohio State. Their enrollment, it is undergraduates. It's forty seven thousand, and this is just the Columbus campus. Forty seven thousand. They have almost as many postgraduates on campus as Ohio- as the University of Virginia has as undergraduates on Man. campus. It's a completely different animal. Right. And and just more academic oriented schools, more liberal arts oriented schools, just just more in line with who Notre Dame is. Plus, it gets Notre Dame right on that really talent rich, alumni rich, donor rich cuz here's the thing. Look at the biggest growing population uh, population centers on the east coast it's like florida atlanta charlotte virginia is growing because of the northern virginia all the people that are working for the government because it keeps getting getting bigger and bigger and bigger there's a lot of population shifts and notre dame is getting ahead of that in a lot of different ways right that's what you need to look at this whole well you know the big 10 is but it's not about that that's too shallow of a way of looking at this if you're just looking at, it, well, Big Ten's a better football conference, so what? Notre Dame doesn't need the Big Ten. If they went to the ACC and dominated the ACC, guess what? They'd get in the college football playoff, just like Clemson did. Right. ACC sucked. Guess what? Sure. Clemson kept winning it, kept getting in the playoff, kept winning the championships. And from a recruiting standpoint, Notre Dame has a pretty good footing in most
1: of the places that the Big Ten resides. Correct. They don't Correct. need help. They don't need to go to those schools and play those schools. They're fine right. in those areas, right? I mean... Is
2: are they going to beat Ohio State for kids because they play Ohio State? No, they're they're going to beat Ohio State for kids if they're good, right? Right? Are exactly. they going to they're going to play? Are they going to get kids from Michigan because they play Michigan? No, they're already getting kids from Michigan, they're already getting exactly. kids from Illinois, are getting kids from Indiana. They're
1: getting kids. this from helps them get kids from, from Georgia, like right? Yeah, this
2: helps right. them exactly, you know, get those Iowa kids, you know, they're <laughs> already getting those guys, right? Right. Um, they're starting left tackles from Minnesota, they already got that guy, they're starting right, right. tackles from uh indiana are starting centers from ohio they're starting left guards from wisconsin they already got those guys they're starting right right guards from michigan they're already getting those guys folks it's can you get down to the carolinas can you get down to virginia can you get down to georgia can you get your foothold in those and it's not just about football these these kids are watching you know hey you know georgia tech plays notre name's basketball team oh they play the baseball team that notre name is always around them now and that has a big impact in recruiting so it is so much bigger than that, and I just don't see the value in the Big Ten. I just don't – other than giving them money, I don't see the value in right. Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. They right. already – they they would be nothing – they'd be relegated to being a a regional school. Here's the thing. Notre Dame will never get the, statis, the status in the Big Ten that Michigan and Ohio State have ever. Correct. Same thing happened to Penn State. Penn State will yeah, never be a state in Michigan. They lost right? status by going from independent to the Big Ten. I agree. Yeah. To me, when I look at Notre Dame, they can go to the ACC and you are the big dog in the ACC. And with right. all due respect to Florida State, because you're the savior. We talked about this earlier, right? Yeah. You're the team that saved the ACC. You're the big dog. In the, you're the number one school that we're all building right. our schedules and our homecomings and our recruiting weekends around, right? That's not true in the Big Ten. So to me, there's just there's no value to me in being the Big Ten other than just they gave us the most money. Now, for Notre Dame, that may mean something. But for me, and if you're actually truly trying to build a, a, the, what's best for your for your sports programs, to me, there's a there's a lot more value. Like if I'm Notre Dame and I'm in a situation where the ACC is about to die and i see what's coming down the pike and there's going to be a two conference thing and we're going to be forced to join a conference i would act now and jump into the acc sure. and and try to save the acc before i would just let it die and join the big 10 right now, i don't think notre dame is going to do that i don't think i don't think notre dame has enough faith that the acc can survive you know but i think that notre dame could be that institution that you know, somebody just said ACC is a sinking ship. It's not if Notre Dame joins it. Right. If Notre Dame joins the ACC, guys, it's a new TV deal. Yep. Florida State's not going anywhere. They have anywhere. to renegotiate the TV Clemson's because, not going anywhere. Right. Right. That's just the value. Because here's the thing. The way that they just set up that new you know, revenue thing, now all of a sudden they know Notre Dame's bringing us more money. We're flat Absolutely. out going to get more money now with the other different aspects because yep. Notre Dame's coming to town. We already saw it. We already saw it. The ACC had a, a, a their best year ever in revenue, TV revenue, the year that Notre Dame was in their conference. Yep, during COVID. So, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. The problem that's is it. they
1: don't ask our opinion.
2: No, they don't. It's just going to be about. It's just <laughs> going to be about money. I know. You know, it's oh, the Big Ten's offering us hundred million dollars. Okay, we're going to take it. That's all it's going to be about. Sadly, right. whenever they do join a conference, it's going to be about money. And that's the sad part of the whole thing. Right. Is, you know, it's start to in our lifetime. I'm sure. Yeah. I just don't want to
1: yeah. think about it because they're in a good place right now as things lie, but things can change yeah. overnight. We've seen it. Yeah. So
2: there's some very short sighted views of, of like, I, some of the, the takes I see on this are really like, that's just really shallow. Yeah. Like surface level stuff. Like, let the ACC die and call your own shot. What? If you let the ACC die, what shot do you have to call?
1: Right, exactly. Because now you're at the whim of another conference, right? Trying to get in.
2: What's like, your shot? Or right. stay independent? Well, you're already going to plan on doing that. But the, the 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 fear that Notre Dame fans have is that you know the Big Twelve is going to die, or you know. So 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 what's your shot on oh, joining the Big Ten? Going to join the SEC? The Big Twelve? What's the shot that you're calling now? You can't go start your own conference they are not going to get a bunch of teams to leave their current pay salaries to go to a new conference. Where's the money going to come from? Right, right. That's the whole point of this whole thing. ESPN wants the ACC to die because they don't have to pay them the money because they don't have it anymore because of what they've already promised the ACC plus what they've already promised the 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 the, uh, the SEC. They're a dying business. They don't want to have to pay the ACC. So what's the shot you're going to call if you let the ACC die? It makes no sense, none. So some of these takes on 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 this on the ACC are very, um, I'd say, misguided. How about that? Yeah. Now I think Notre Dame is going to let the ACC die, and I think that's a very short-sighted view, in my opinion, because you're going to find yourself left with you only have two options: Big Ten or SEC. Unfortunately, I think there's too many people at Notre Dame that are perfectly fine joining the Big Ten. Well,
1: because that's they the don't, problem. That's because they don't they.
2: They don't care about the past. They care about what's the size of the check you're going to give us for joining the conference. Right. That's what they care about is what it we'll just see how it goes. That's all right. That's going to do it
1: for this edition of the daily mailbag uh, here on Irish breakdown podcast. Make sure folks that you uh, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share with your family and friends. Give us a five-star review. Write a little something in there. Let us know how we're doing. Always appreciate that. And join the boards, folks. Boards.irishbreakdown.com. We are ever so close to getting to our goal of our preseason number. and We want you guys on there. We want you to be a part of it. So come on down, folks. Come on down. Get on the boards. Boards Boards.irishbreakdown.com. And while you're there, get some merch. Get some merch so we can see you. And give you a little hidey ho, neighbor. When we're walking around campus, that's what we want. So,
2: Vince for loves Bri- that.
1: Vince <laughs> loves when people with IB stuff come I up do. to him at games. I love it, man. I love it. So for Brian, I'm Vince, and we will talk to you next time because it's Friday. Friday free for all mailbag. We'll talk to so you next our, time. You and I's last show together for a little bit, right? It is for, at least in the yeah. afternoon. At least in yeah. the afternoon, that's for sure. Oh, also tune in tonight. IB Nation Sports Talk. Make sure you tune in tonight at 6 o'clock. But from now, it's Brian. I'm Vince. We'll talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.